Hello, and welcome to our Season 4 recap of iZombie, here at iZombie Radio. Um, that was completely random off the top of my head. But I'm one of your hosts, Sean Carpenter, as usual. And I'm here with the two other usual suspects, Blaze Hopkins and Chris King. Chris, how's it going, buddy? Uh, going pretty well overall. Um, just uh, just chilling out, little 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 sleepy, trying to trying to wake myself up, trying to caffeinate myself a little bit for this uh, this episode. But I'm excited to uh, to dive in for uh, you know this the season throughout its ups and downs was a, was a whole lot of fun, and uh, I'm glad we're gonna kind of do this big like in review episode to to talk about it all. So. And uh, it's been nice too because we've had like this, it's been like two weeks since the finale, so it's kind of kind of been nice to just be able to like sit and reflect on what happened this season. So uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Definitely, definitely great to have this time. And Blaze, what's up? What's good? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, getting through a busy work week and uh, back to reading a bunch of comics. And uh, I am very excited to dive into this discussion tonight with you guys. I had a lot of fun doing the questions, and I'm curious to see what everybody else's answers are, because I did mine purely off of just, like, you know, what was one of the first things to jump out at me. So I'm curious how that, like, if I'm forgetting any moments, you know, um, after being away from the show for a little bit. So I'm, I'm pumped. This should be a fun episode. Sweet. Quick sidetrack. Pick of the week for comics. What do you got? Uh, like tomorrow or last week? <laughs> so last week, I don't. So last week I picked up um, Spider-Man 800, or was that two weeks ago? I forget. The three comics I picked up individually. I don't really buy individual comics. I read trade paperbacks mainly, but um, sometimes. So I picked up Justice League 1 by Scott Snyder, uh, Man of Steel number 1 by Brian Michael Bendis, and then uh, Spider-Man 800. So. Neat. Neat. He's the comics guy, folks. <laughs> Out of the three of us. I just read Power Rangers comics. Which are very good. Yeah. <laughs> Different podcast discussion. but I see comic book movies. <laughs> which are also very very good yes, yes. <laughs> well played Chris well played yeah, no problem yeah. I and... watch comic book TV shows which we're about to talk about yeah there you go there's the segue Boom. we were looking for Boom. <laughs> they call me Chris King of Segways hey. I just took all the credibility I had and threw it, threw it away <laughs> that's okay I do that weekly so, uh, yeah, let's, without further ado, let's just dive right in because, well, we've got, we've got a lot of ground to cover for our sort of recap and sort of accolades for the season. Um, and thank you to everyone who responded to our call for feedback for this particular episode. Um, I personally don't know how much of it there is. Chris is the one who knows pretty much. There's there's a there's a few diff uh, we have 
two two listeners. We have three different emails from two different listeners. Um, we're gonna just just telling you guys guys now. Like we're kind of gonna jump around through the emails and we'll get the listener feedback at the end because there's a lot and and not all of it necessarily kind of hits the the list that we're gonna be talking about. Uh, but we will be um, reading your thoughts, even if it's in a, a little more of a condensed form. And uh, we just want to say thank you to uh, to the people who responded. And even if even if you didn't respond, if you liked the tweet or you shared it, we're trying to get it out there. We appreciate that too. Um, yeah. So we have uh, just a couple emails at the end. We'll be talking about. Neat, neat. So, the first thing we've got on the docket is our favorite episode from season four. Um. Gonna let you guys go first. So, Chris, what was your favorite episode? And uh, yeah, this was, yeah, this was uh, this was tough for me, but um, I I I had a there was a lot of a lot of good choices, but ultimately I, I had to go with um, my, uh, what is it? It's episode six from the season, uh, which is um, my really fair lady. Mm. which uh, I really enjoyed uh, for a, a kind of multitude uh, of reasons. Um, I mean, I think just, again, not, it, it's, it's, not, it's not necessarily my favorite brain, uh, but it's one of my favorite brains of the season, uh, with Liv being on like the kind of thespian brain. Um, I like how it, it gives both comedy and um, you know, it gives us both comedy, and and it also works in how um, she kind of stages this plan with uh, with the coyotes uh, at the end of the episode. Uh, from fun moment, uh, like a fun moment aspect, we get. I mean, just again, Liv being the kind of acting coach was great, but then we get to have Rose finally use her her natural accent on the show, which I thought was. Um, really fun. Uh, we uh, we have like the return of Johnny Frost for a bit, which was great. Um, Peyton and Robbie finally get back together, and um, and then Clive. Uh, it's like with uh, with the Clive and Bosio open relationship at this point in the season. Clive kind of starts exploring it. I forget. I'm trying to look up here in my notes. Is this where he? Uh, I think this is where he first sleeps with. I think where he sleeps with the prostitute, or it's it's in this one. Or I forget if he starts trying trying something with Michelle here. But I think it's when he um, actually when he sleeps with the prostitute. But which kind of leads to that gut gut punch moment. Um, and then we also again just like kind of fun references here. Um, Oh right, no. Here we, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's Bozzi, Yeah, and Bozzi over here is Clive's conversation with Michelle. So it's like that that, that Clive Michelle uh, dynamic kind of starts in this episode, which I really, I, I I really enjoyed, even though it wasn't meant to be, as we saw by the end of the season. I did, um, I did enjoy uh, their their relationship, and uh, you also got Blaine having a confrontation with Angus. Um, 
where he like he calls him like a child abusing SOB in front of the whole congregation. There's just a lot of moments on this episode that really worked for me, and I just I found it the most truly entertaining and uh, entertaining episode of the season, and it just kind of hit checked all my boxes uh, for just like a mix of fun, but also something I felt like really served the story um, of the season. And also Clive Clive references like confidential, which is another great little moment. And uh, I'm glad you bought the DVD, didn't you, Sean, after this episode? Did you buy it? Sean? He disconnected, so I am... But... Um... Oh, that's gonna, be, that's gonna be fun to edit. <laughs> yeah, I was honestly just gonna keep going, like, and have you and I talk until he joined back in. Okay. But, um... I mean, yeah, I... I honestly think I forgot about how much that was in some of these episodes like that's what when i get to the episode that i chose um it's a lot of the same things you know just what stood out to me so much but yeah there's um i don't know that was just like everything you pointed out was important and sort of uh just packed a lot so i mean you definitely get a little bit of everything in uh in that episode yeah, it might not be the best episode necessarily mm-hmm. of the season, but I, I, to me, it's my favorite just with all the, the little moments. And again, I, I like to because this is a brain where it doesn't totally take over Liv. Liv just kind of uses the attributes of the brain and is still very much her. Um, and I just thought it was a it was a nice way of where like the brain fit into kind of like the theme or the mission of the week, which I think the show's lost a little bit in the last couple seasons. Um, so it was nice to kind of get that. Uh, get that back again um, as well but uh but yeah but uh well you were mentioning about your favorite what would what, what's your favorite please um so my favorite episode was uh episode 11 insane on the in the germ brain because this was i mean this was a episode i think i know at least in my answers we'll keep coming back to but um you know, a lot happens, and this is really, I think, where the show just starts pushing into its, you know, final act and really starts getting to the meat and everything. Um, I mean, the the biggest thing, obviously, is that this is when um, when Isabel dies, so you have sort of uh, these enjoyable moments throughout, just with her, like, faking the blood, you know, and, uh, like, faking death, and then it actually happening, and... That is obviously a gut punch, and seeing all those characters come together, and after uh, getting so used to Isabel, just, you know, seeing her uh, go out, unfortunately. And then you also get stuff like uh, Robbie meets Peyton's parents, and sort of we get just, like, great Robbie moments, and him standing up to her father, but then eventually, like, agreeing with her parents that she should get out of Seattle. And, um, you know, I just have really enjoyed those moments from Ravi this season and kind of how emotional that was as well. And I think added to the tension by just emphasizing, you know, where Ravi's head's at in terms of what's going on, because he's even willing to say like Peyton for your safety, you need to go. Um, and then this is also the episode where chase, uh, flips out when he finds out major's team screwed up catching and sort of delivering uh, Russ Roach. And uh, as a result of that, it's where he shoots Jordan and then kills Captain Seattle. So again, just Uh like pretty ruthless and dark moments there and shows the tension on both sides. And, 
you know, just that I think anybody is uh, sort of up for for killing at this point. And then uh, this is on top of this, you have Clive and Basio officially breaking up. Um, so it's just like very emotional, very tense uh, episode with a lot in it, and I think is one of the pivotal pivotal for the the season as a whole and uh has a lot of important moments uh so yeah that one was the one that just definitely stuck with me more than most you also get live uh impersonating peyton oh yeah for a little you know even getting a little bit of humor in there yeah definitely yeah that's one of the few humorous moments in this episode because yeah this episode's uh it's pretty heavy. dark yeah yeah mm. definitely. most definitely um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I think the only thing, um, the only thing that kind of, it, I think that holds this episode back a little bit for me, like, I think those final few minutes are so powerful, um, and, and I, I agree with you about the, the Robbie moments too are, are great, um, I, I think too like the brain in this episode is is kind of forgettable for me, which is a little um, bit of a bummer. Um, except for when she like uh, when Liv like touches good uh, touches elbows with Peyton to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then I think um, the Clive Bosio breakup, while like emotional for sure in the moment, I think now looking back on it, I'm like. So I'm not necessarily frustrated with what happened with them this season, but it was more just like, I don't know. It felt like they were like breaking up every episode mm-hmm. almost, or like. Um, so it's definitely, but it is definitely powerful. For and sure. I think also, at least with this, like, I think too with them, at least for me, it's like when she does break up for him, sort of just hearing and seeing the reasons why, and that you know, sh- just that ultimate sacrifice mm-hmm. that she's willing to. Um, make for him and sort of the the heartbreak in in that i think that's what at least sticks out for me because it no, is you're right because i i definitely agree with you and see where you're going in terms of like it you know they built it up it built you know built up and there is a lot of just like little moments which i think they kind of felt weird at first and then um you know eventually grew into this happening so i definitely get where you're coming from yeah, no, 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 and, like, I think, too, maybe it's because I just have the, like, wedding in my mind now, so I'm like, let's mm-hmm. focus on the happier moments instead. Uh, yeah, I, I, but I agree with you. I mean, this is definitely where, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on this season, and I think this episode kind of shows that maybe the season took a uh, bit off a little more than it could chew, but you're right, where, like, everything kind of starts coalescing in this episode in a lot of ways, especially now with, with how we know how it ends. Um, this is kind of where Chase Graves takes like like you mentioned the step you know where he's irredeemable and uh and yeah and isabelle's i mean isabelle's death i don't want to say too much about it because it's probably gonna yeah it's gonna pop up probably multiple times yeah yeah i mean funniest moment obviously yeah um (laughs) best villain moment yeah exactly yeah exactly god she was so diabolical no the villain is Uh, the show it's worst moment was killing her Oh, oh, definitely. <sighs> but uh, but yeah, Sean, you uh, you are up, sir. Alrighty. 
So, I mean, it kind of comes as a little bit of surprise, but my favorite episode was the Yippie Kai Brain <laughs> Mother Trucker episode or Mother Scratcher, whatever. Really? Honestly, because I love cheesy action movie tropes, regret like as dumb as the episode kind of seemed on paper, it was just fun. It was, and seeing Liv deal with the consequences of her actions because of her brain and realizing that she had let this brain take complete control over her was kind of that turning point for her for the remainder of the season. Granted, there was only three episodes, three or four episodes left in the season at that point, but it helped further her character so hopefully we won't have the problems that we had with this season with the brain sort of taking control of Liv versus the other way around um and uh, Clive finally getting some action in his like career (laughs) (laughs) without having Liv steal the spotlight (laughs) I mean while it was off all off screen, it still was pretty great. I it's one of those things where I kind of wish there was a show tie-in comic to sort of explore that because it would be fun to see that in action on paper. But you know, that's a pipe dream. It's really one of the few reasons why it is my favorite episode. Um, just because Liv has to be in the backseat for once, and it makes her see things, you know? No, I, I understand that. I mean, it's got some really kind of, again, like major moments, too. Like, you have Frau Bader being eaten alive. You have... Oh, yeah. Um, didn't even touch on any of that, but yeah, yeah, and then um, and you have uh, that big kind of block conversation between Major and Liv, where he like you know he basically says like you always have to be the hero, mm-hmm. um, which really I think defines Liv's character and especially defines her this season. Yeah, I, I uh, there's definitely some strong moments in this episode for sure. Uh, I think, um, oh, and then we have, like, this episode really kind of establishes Isabel's connection with the group, because of, like, the montage with them watching Zombie High and stuff. Yeah, I, no, definitely, it's, it's a solid pick, for sure. I think I'm just surprised that, because I guess my runner-up, if I, if I hadn't taken, um, uh, my really fair lady was going to be the, uh, Brainless in Seattle, Brainless in Seattle two-parter. I'm just shocked no one took that one, because I think... That two part was. Yeah. Oh, I, it was um, pretty solid. It was pretty yeah. solid. I just would I just would have thought one of us would have taken it. That's that's why I wasn't even more like, Oh, you took that episode, Sean? It was more like, Oh wow, I'm surprised no one took it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of good stuff to choose from. It was tough for sure. Definitely. But I mean, there's another moment, but it comes up later in the list for me as to another reason why I like this episode. So, you know. We will, we will save it then. We will save it. 
Yeah. So, on to topic number two. Favorite characters. Or character. I mean, you can choose multiple. I mean, <laughs> it's not That's necessarily... Cheating. If you're not going to do favorite episodes, we're not doing favorite characters. Okay. Well, I only chose one character, anyways. So, <laughs> fooled you. So, Blaze, who was your favorite character? All right. So, my favorite character this season is Robbie. And I think that comes from just like a feel good place. Um, like, when I was thinking about it, even though he might not have always had a lot going on or as intensive stuff going on compared to the other characters. Um, I felt like this was just a nice, like heroic way to develop him this season. And it's just feel good. Like, again, you know, we sort of get him and Peyton get back together, like for good and everything. Um, he has all of his moments and sort of build up as that brother slash father, um, role for Isabel and everything. And we get to see him in a new light that way. That's just, brings some of the most touching moments to the show and kind of were always the moments that took us out of sort of the intense world we were in and uh, all of the negative things happening. And then uh, also just seeing his heroic nature kind of build so naturally because it wasn't out of jealousy. Like this season, we legitimately get to see Ravi do his part in sort of this like resistance and helping the coyotes and and live and never doubting anything. Like, I, I think I remember it's pretty much he finds out and then we don't really get a reaction and he's just sort of the next episode, it, like, fully in. And um, he's just, you know, the most lovable character that you want to see succeed. And I feel like he's been going through a lot for a long time. And this season we just finally got to see him, like, get his and sort of get everything he deserved, so... Nice. Definitely. Yeah, good choice for sure. I I, I totally agree about the, the heroic nature thing. Like that's something that I, I wrote a lot about in my reviews this season is that um this was the more, more selfless version of Robbie yes. that we all kind of fell in love with. Whereas last season, because of this jealousy over what was happening with um Peyton and Blaine, he he kind of was not necessarily I wouldn't say I would acting out of character. Uh, he was just you, trying too hard. Yeah, yeah, he was just he was kind of spiteful. Mm-hmm. And he was just yeah. he was dumb too. Like he didn't realize that Peyton yeah, cared he, for him. He as definitely much. I think like hit his low. Yes. And uh exactly. and this was, you know the rise, so The Rise of Robbie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Chris? Yeah, favorite sure. character? Yeah, maybe a boring choice, but I uh, gotta go with Liv more. Um, I just think Liv's journey this season, um, particularly where it ends, too, uh, with just this idea of like her having to go from someone who finds peace for, you know, peace and justice for the dead, to someone who gives like, you know, the living but but the sick, um, an, another chance at life, like that kind of switch in her hero role, um, I, I thought was really like fascinating to watch, and I love that Liv never gave up, like never kind of like never um, lost her convictions despite how challenging things were, you know, despite the fact that 
she, as we saw in the finale, if she had gotten caught and, and did, she was going to be sentenced to death, even if people like Major were kind of battling against her. Um, I think she saw the bigger picture that not a lot of people saw. And and I don't think she did it. She doesn't. She's never really done things for the credit before, and I don't think that the finale shows that she's doing it for the credit either. Even though she comes to that applause, but I think it's a really satisfying moment for her journey over these four years, where she's always been the one fighting for good, always been the one risking her life, and <coughs> excuse me, and uh, and kind of. Um, Going the extra, going the extra mile uh, for these people, and um, now um, she's she's finally getting the the kind of acknowledgement and recognition that that she she deserves. And just seeing her, she was our gateway into this new interesting uh, world this season with the coyotes as well, which was really cool. Um, and I think that was definitely one of the more successful parts. Uh, of the season, so and, and Rose as always is spectacular. Um, no matter what brain she has to be on, no matter what, um, no matter what accent she's doing, no matter whether she's rapping, you know, it's just uh, she always brings her a game. Uh, and so yeah, that that to me is why Liv Moore is again the best character of a Zombie Season Four. Alrighty. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you pretty much like hit the nail on the head. You couldn't go wrong with that choice. Um, I, I know it's the safe, boring one, but I think it's also the right. No, I think that also. I would. I would say also just this season compared to others. Um, I feel like the way I would describe live this season was like this was her uh, like Leo DiCaprio Oscar season almost. Like every other season, she's great, but this season just felt like so earned and kind of more deep and uh you know but should, but leo really shouldn't have won for the revenant and like i'm just no i'm just yeah. anyway <laughs> but no no but I, you know I, she's I, always in contention yeah. and never a bad choice but i feel like if there was ever a season i would like choose her as and why she's the most deserving like it would be this season well thanks yeah i, I think just her arc this season is one of i yeah. think it's the i think it's the best she's had since since season one, um, yeah, I can yeah. agree with that. Not that, and not that her arcs have been bad the past two years, but this was just more of a live taking big steps again. It felt mm-hmm. very much season one in that way. Well, I um, think also, and I think if you also look at the progression of the show, like after season one, and sort of just, I think because of the show, sort of has always been on the fence and kind of you know that smaller scale thing. Uh, it was really about using the time to more develop the side characters and everything and really dive into so many stories over the years. So um, this, I feel like we're finally just getting back to basics and exactly it was kind of more so all about her again and sort of tying it back into um, her directly. For sure. And actually, I just thought of um, something, not to switch from Liv, but to, and to go back to your choice, please. But another reason of why Robbie was so great this year, and uh, and another thing to to back up why my favorite episode is the best episode. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's Robbie was Robbie went on a heroin brain. Yeah. For Peyton. Oh yeah. 
that moment, man, because that's what leads to them getting together because uh, she finds out about what he did and he didn't even, like, told Major not to tell Peyton about it and mm-hmm. everything. And I just forgot about how... I think that's... If, like, that and then working with the Coyotes or two, Robbie's, like, going back to what you were saying, Blaze, Robbie's two Mr. Heroic moments. Um, but, but then I would say, again, who inspires all this heroism? It is Liv Moore. Why, well, she is the correct choice yet again. <laughs> Sadly, I don't have an original choice in this because I did also choose Robbie. Um, kind of the same reasons why Blaze did. I feel like he kind of stepped it up this season as opposed to previous seasons. He was more involved with the overall, like, story of it and just not there to provide banter with Liv in the morgue or scientific insight onto something. He really was in the trenches a lot more this season. And I'm it's also kind of a little biased because the dude pretty much died once a month to then somehow come back to life in over the course of a week because he <laughs> zombified then became a human, and then the process repeated itself. So, I mean, that's kind of it's kind of an intense thing to deal with. If you know, because <laughs> it just sort of happens and goes. Oh, okay. I guess I have to eat a brain now. Ugh, not again. <laughs> and I'm all out of hot sauce. Oh, yeah, a lot of hot sauce this season. Mostly poured on Frau Bader, but you know. Still a lot of hot sauce. Um, <laughs> he also had some of the more fun brains, I would say, this season. Even though we only saw him on, like, three bra- three or four brains. I think it was, like, three, I want to say. We had the heroin brain. You had the, like, uh, white girl, girl brain. brain. Yeah. And uh, then the, the nudist brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from the uh that's right, from the, the first episode. Yeah. I mean, granted it just I it was a real fun time seeing Raul's reactions on Twitter just to those brain like to the uh white girl brain and the nudist brain or naturalist brain, sorry. Um because he, his tweets are just always great. Especially the one where he changed the name of the show to iZombib because of iHob. But, you know, that's something to discuss later on a different podcast. It's a good thing to follow during the hiatus. Yeah, yeah. It's a good thing to keep track of because they they do post some pretty clever stuff. Um, But... I mean, there's not much else that hasn't been said about Ravi, and Liv is a close second for me, so I'm going to talk about a completely different character then, and talk about Major, because I feel like Major also. He's like my third of my top three, I guess. Didn't we say you couldn't choose multiple characters, Sean? Yes! (laughs) Yes! I'm breaking the rules. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> because you guys already talked about my two other favorites, so I needed something to talk about. 
Um, All good. But seriously, though, over even like taking this at a grander scope, Major's one of those characters who we have literally seen so much growth out of the dude from hating zombies to now basically controlling the zombie populace in the span of four years. Like, it is such a drastic change in character, and we sadly did not get to see Major Major, um, which I know we talked about in the finale episode, but it still is hilarious that that's a concept that was probably thrown around the boardroom, um, the writer's room. Yeah, but, he's, he's just Commander Major now. He's yeah. The rank. But no, I, he's I skipped quite a few. <laughs> Yeah, no, but I, I agree with you in the fact that, like, yeah, his... If you look at his journey over the past few seasons, it is pretty remarkable, and I feel like, yeah, he doesn't get um, a lot of credit. I think, to me, my only issues with him this season were just, like, sometimes I didn't know where he fully stood. Um, and I think just... that was on purpose. Sure. But... No, I, I get that. I get that. Um... Yeah, but I, I agree. I, where he is now and what he ends up doing has me really excited for season five. Yeah. Um, and he did have a couple of fun brains as well this season when he was chumming it up with Russ Roach. Um, uh, just the two that come off of my head are Country Boy Major and... Uh, the never can tell a lie major just with how honest and sincere he was about telling russ literally everything just oh yeah no this is totally a thing that's happening (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure for sure so let's see i think that's enough to i think that's enough on major i mean i could go on about him but uh, I think moving over to save the new, new character. Let's give okay. the newbies some love. Exactly. So, Chris? Oh, you start, Sean. How about me? Why? Yeah, start. Okay, fine. Yeah. Fine. No, just that way we, know, <laughs> we, got, we got a rotation going. Alrighty, fine. So, my favorite new character was Isabel. I mean, it's kind of obvious. She just was... She was this weird little breath of fresh air in the group dynamic. And... It was something that a lot of these characters needed to see and, like, to have that sort of emotional attachment despite the fact that they all knew she was on borrowed time. And she had some fun, fun moments, and it was just, she was just a great addition to the team. I mean, there's not much else I can say about that without diving into other answers I may or may not have for other stuff later down the line. You know? No, I, I mean... Uh, I mean, she she was my choice too. I don't know. Yeah, me here too. Yeah, 
I figured as much. When yeah. I was writing that when I was writing that up as one of the questions, I figured like, all right. Um, so why not just bring you both into this discussion then? Going off of what you said though, Sean, I agree that like this breath of fresh air. I kind of looked at her as like this, like as cheesy as it sounds, this kind of light in the darkness that was New Seattle, um, where where things were very much things were always kind of heavy. There was always this risk of what if I do something wrong? I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm facing the guillotine. I I can't, you know, if my family's outside of the city borders, I can't see them. There there was this um, this kind of fear and, and 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 frustration that was very much throughout. I think most of the people who who are still living there, and 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 you could see it through the main characters as well. And Isabel kind of helped shed that from them a little bit. And then she also, in, in a much bigger way, as we as we saw, she was, you know, the, the source of light for a new cure. And uh, and that's ultimately what allowed Clive and Bosio to have their happy ending. So, and uh, Isabella, uh, Vid- oh my god, Vidovic, I always mess up her name, was just, uh, she was tremendous in the part from an acting standpoint. I think... Uh, I don't want to say too too much because I want to give you some room to talk, please. But I think just the fact that we didn't even we spent like four episodes with her and she felt so flushed out, and I think that's a lot of credit to to the to the writing, but also the the actress. Yeah, no, I definitely agree, and that's uh, easy, like good segue. Um, yeah, I mean, I I made sure to even like write down the actress's name because I was going to say, you know, she surprised me this season for the reasons you guys mentioned, and then just as the uh, actress as well, because, like, I thought the way she portrayed the character, um, she just so seamlessly fit in with the main characters and sort of didn't ever disrupt or feel like she altered the dynamic of the group, you know, even just hanging out in the apartment or whatever, or... And again, hats off to the writers for, you know, giving her dialogue and moments that accomplish that, but I thought, you know, the the character and um, the actress really just seem to have a grasp on how, um, you know, how to interact with this cast and, and sort of where her place in the show was. Um, and I thought also what was fun about her character was that, and just refreshing is that is how she brought a new perspective to the show, just getting to see, um, you know, sort of a teenage girl fitting into this zombie world and, and, uh, yeah, they were able to accomplish a ton with her over a short time span, and, uh, and it was just, you know, I appreciated that they were even able to add some depth to her character with little, uh, moments like her, you know, on the phone with her mom, and, like, her mom actually showing up down the road, because it, you know, it's it was such a subtle background thing that they were able to weave into the, the plots and everything, and, uh, but just added that extra you know, extra little layer to her character. So I just thought she was well done. You know, I felt like we got a lot of complexity out of her for, uh, and it was always effective, I guess, her scenes and they were meaningful. 100% agreed. And her, her death, which I'm sure we'll be talking about later, was, uh, was also really effective. Just, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Well, Isabel, best new uh, best new character of the season mm-hmm. so far. 
Okay. So, moving on to our favorite brain. Chris, your favorite brain? Oh, this was tough. I wrote down uh, a couple just to talk about them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, if I have to choose one... Um, I, I ain't holding you to just one. Well, if I have to, I'm going to... If I if I'm gonna go with my own rules that I said earlier, and I am just choosing one, uh, the the favorite one for me was from early in the season, and it is uh, hopeless romantic like yes. rom com brain. Yeah, Solid that, that choice. was that was my, yeah, yeah, and it's just I mean, for multiple reasons. Uh, part of the reason too, it literally it held up for two episodes, mm-hmm. um, and it's gonna lead into to my to my funniest moment, which. I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I'll just I'll just mention my funniest moment now. Um, so, it, which is the fact that, which was any time like, <laughs> I, I pretty much everything Liv said in those two episodes, but specifically when she would lock eyes with someone and yeah. the and the music would start. That to me is still Tim. the yeah, to exact Tim Timmonson like. Everything that happened with that... Just, like, just... always adding the music, you know? That, like, inner monologue. Yeah, God, I gotta look up what the song was. And I also oh, love that they did show you, like, how when she kisses Tim, and then it's just, like, they're grossly making out in the club. Yep. And, like, just bringing it back to reality. I love that they incorporated that side of things as well. Exactly. And, and I just think it was such a nice... It, it, was, it was kind of like a... A, a nice fun um oh the song is true uh savage gardens truly madly deeply uh <laughs> I, was like, I was like i know it has like three three words in the title i can't think of it um and and then yeah i i just thought it was so much fun and it was a nice uh what am i trying to say it was a nice um it was nice to have the lightness of that with the fact that they end up looking for a serial killer. So, like, things didn't get too dark. Um, and then even to the fact that, like, Liv was making, like... Like, I, I'm a huge romantic man myself, actually. Um, the one, you know, as long as they're done well. And, like, Liv was making Bridget Jones Diary references. And, like, you know, about being a Mark Darcy, not a Daniel Cleaver. <laughs> it, it was just... To me, there was just so many wonderful moments, um, which is why it was it, it was hard for me not to choose the two part as my favorite episode. But as my favorite brain, there was there was no competition for for it. If I have to choose one, um, it was definitely it was definitely this one. And, and Rose is always uh, she killed it. Please. So okay. So weirdly enough, I think my favorite brain, even though it's such a small, even though it's for a small time amount, is a uh, major on wrestler brain. <laughs> Pure... oh, I forgot so about him. Yeah, so it's kind of Same like it's episode. kind of yeah. so that's where like hopeless romantic was my like. If I had to, cho- you know, if we were specifically choosing like a live brain, um, that you know, hopeless romantic was my choice for live. But um, I think. Just the pure enjoyment out of Robert Buckley doing the voice and everything of uh, Macho Man and like, you know, just, yeah, 
It, it just <laughs> was a nice surprise. I would have taken, oh. you know, <laughs> taken that every episode even. Oh, oh man. I totally <laughs> forgot about him. Um, so uh, good. And then I would say I don't really want to. So, and then my other thing is just, because uh, it's, again, I don't, I didn't want to go back and look at all of them specifically, but uh, shout out to Donnie's brains this season. Those were some <laughs> solid because, brains. Because, again, mime I mean, brain? we got Mime. Did he do, was Fighter Pilot this season or last season? I think it was last season with the blue. Yes, the okay, blue that was Blue was Brains. Um, but, you know, he had Mime, Mime Brain was the obvious one, and then, uh. I forget what else there were, but, you know, he stuck out. Music music video brain. Yes. Music video director brain. Yes, yeah. the director. Um, lots of good ones in there. Nerd brain. And then my probably just, like, second live brain, um, which was the other one that has stood out for me, um, was from the second episode, the Despicable Downger brain. Uh, again, just enjoyable moments from Liv and her, and, like, the interactions with Clive and everything, and, you know, his, like, Miss Daisy comments. Um, really? That was that was one of your favorites. Interesting. It was, it, it definitely, like, stuck with me, I think, just from, like, a, having a physical presence in the episode of her, you know, her hair being done up and everything, the costumes, the perfume. Like, there was a lot of uh, physicality to it, as well as Rose Rose's acting, but... Um, Interesting. Okay. But hopeless romantic was my like standout number one. No, that's that's funny to me because I and I'm not like I'm not trying to. That actually was like my uh, my least favorite brand of the season. I think was that one just because it was to me that was when the show let the brain take over live a little too much. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Yeah. Those moments those moments between her and Clive in that episode are hilarious though. There's there's definitely some there's definitely some really like strong highlights of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's good. I, I'll allow myself to choose one runner-up, which would also be the, the musical theater one from uh, My Really Fair Lady, because I think that that was a another really funny one for Liv, but I also thought it, it it tied into, again, going back to my thoughts when I described it as my favorite episode, it tied into the, the plot and the story nicely. Um, and she even had, like, oh, God, there's like a couple... Um, I still even just remember when she, uh, like, when she's, like, asking, uh, like, Levon, like, um, like, oh, like, uh, like, wait, like, no, let me fix the lighting, like, with the camera, and, like, uh, and stuff like that, and, and then when she has the conversation with the, with the, with the security guard in her, her accent, she's pretending to be, um, like, a Lord of the Rings extra, there was just so many, like, fun fun moments uh like that yeah there's those those are definitely the two that uh that stood out to me and sean turn. i kind of touched on it earlier but the it's not necessarily my favorite favorite brain but one that sort of when i saw favorite brain popped into my head immediately and that was naturalist ravi for really the only reason that he just popped up naked in the most inopportune (laughs) moments just just because you know oh okay ravi put that away put that away (laughs) a lot of that and it got quite the chuckle 
out of me and my girlfriend because I was watching the series with her like after I had already seen the episode. So I knew it was coming, but it still was just as funny because of her reaction. And it, the other good brains this season were already pretty much touched on. Um, uh, speaking I of mean, Robbie, Robbie on white girl brain now. Well, that, that's that was a solid one for me too. That was like the spiritual like successor to Major on Teenage Girlfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, and I I liked and I think I like it even more because uh, Ra- Raul tweeted out like later that he was like so nervous for people to see it, um, and so he really appreciated how positive everyone was um, about it, which uh, yeah, which makes me like it even more. But yeah, I mean, definitely. I think this season, it's funny. I think Liv had like a couple standout brains, but definitely like like Blaze even mentioned with like the Donnie and Major ones, like those little moments with characters, or even something like last season. Right, last season was um, wasn't that? Oh God, what was it? It was like the dance brain, dance instructor brain. Yeah, yes, dance Zumba instructor, or like whatever. Zumba, Zumba instructor. Correct. So sometimes even With those Justin. little, yeah, those those little ones can be so much fun, even if they don't get a whole episode dedicated to them. Well, yeah, I don't really expect a whole episode be dedicated to Major on Wrestler Brain, despite yeah. how fun that would be. Dude, it would have been. Oh my god! <laughs> if I just wanted to let you know that you're my good friend. <laughs> Have but him miss, solve a crime on that brain. I miss hanging out with you. Oh yeah. Alright, that's like my, my throat is hurting just from I don't know how Robert I don't hope they didn't have to do too many takes for Robert Buckley, man, because No, I think they made him do multiple takes. I'm for just, that I'm, very reason. Yeah. Oh god. Right. Rob Thomas is probably on set like uh can we do that again? Yeah, right, yeah, right. Just gotta get a different angle. (laughs) Uh, But moving on is our funniest moment, which I mean can tie back to your favorite brain or whatever. I mean, yeah, I already I touched on mine, which was just like the whole music cues in like that. To me, I just still. Like I, I, I that I actually rewatched the Brainless in Seattle one. That's one of the few episodes I, I've rewatched this season just because um just with so much T V I don't get to rewatch it as much anymore and each time like I that that killed me. Uh that and also actually here we go, I gotta run her up is from the same episode is the um Ravi makeover scene. Oh <laughs> Oh yes. Crop oh, top, Ravi. Yeah, I hope I hope I didn't steal anyone's pick there, but that's the other one where because oh. I remember specifically like I I was taught because my mom will sometimes watch the show and I mean, she doesn't follow it like I do, but I specifically was like, no, 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 you have to see these scenes, and I showed her like the specific moments, and those were them, and I just would like I just was dying laughing at them all over again. So those are my those are my picks. Just uh, kind of going back with what I just said. Blaze? Um, so mine was a 
was uh, actually when, so it's the day when we get to hear about the, the days on the force that Clive has when like nobody goes out patrolling <laughs> with him. Um, just like I thought it was, it was such a clever and genius way to incorporate, um, you know, Clive into the episode when he wasn't maybe as needed and uh it just keeps Malcolm involved in such a fun way and we get to hear those amazing stories and just how and then just seeing like the disappointment and letdown when everybody else is so preoccupied um but you know I really feel like Clive was living his best life during that episode <laughs> so <laughs> again we need that in comic form. <laughs> uh, oh man, so good. Yeah, Clive's, Clive's very good, very great best day. That's what the comic can be called. Yeah, yeah, just just a one shot of just that day. That's it. That's all we need. There you go. Um, mine was live slapping that dude in that episode with the fish <laughs> that caused Clive to have that very <laughs> awesome day because nothing's more embarrassing than being slapped by a fish because you know being slapped with a hand or any number of object is fine but a fish like where did the fish even come from like how did you get the fish okay just just, aye, aye, aye. I had fish puns lined up, but I forgot all of them. All of them. You, man, you guys made. There are just there are there are too many moments. I even forgot. Like you're making me think of smaller moments now too, and I just remembered it wasn't one of it wasn't necessarily like my favorite episode. But uh, don't hate the uh, don't hate the player, hate the brain when lives on player, like you know, yeah. player brain. When she and Robbie have that conversation about Frosty the Snowman. Oh, good lord. And, and Robbie's like, I was hoping for a Frosty the Snowman moment. And the instant we gave him the hat, he'd come full of life. He'd have swagger. He'd be cackling with with sexual magnetism. And Liv's response, what kind of perverse version of Frosty the Snowman did they show kids in England? <laughs> like, I just... When he gives him, when they give Clive the hat, and he's got the ball, oh my god, yeah. Oh. I, just, I forgot about that. I, uh, that was another one of those moments where, like, I had to, um, I had to, like, pause the episode because I was laughing so hard at it. Uh, this so, show yeah. is definitely, this season was definitely a roller coaster of emotions. Um, it just. That's a good segue into our next, oh. uh, Oh, it, it was on purpose. It definitely was on purpose because we're talking about our most emotional, which, I mean, I kind of cried when Isabel died. Is that is that everyone's choice? or? Yeah, I had a second one, um, just yeah. because I assumed this would be our all of our tops. Um, do, you want, do you want to talk about the second one first, and then we can do a more full yeah, discussion? Let's, of, yeah, so, let's go. Outside of Isabel's death, I think the most emotional moment for me was the reunion and marriage of Clive and Basio. Uh, more also of a, solid. You know, more of a happy emotion, um, because I think just between 
the actual reunion scene, you know, when Clive recognizes and is told sort of what she sacrificed and what she did for him, to just going into his, you know, he doesn't care, basically. He storms into her office, you know, even though she's trying to be cold to him. And he, uh, you know, they just have emotional kiss. And, um, you know, not only does he explain he has a great monologue to her just about what she means to him and obviously, uh, like, proposes to her. And then the marriage itself leading into, um, you know, just Clive hitting that point where he doesn't want anything else and is willing to give up his humanity and that turning into Liv giving up her cure so that they can, you know, she can be, uh, Basio can be human and they can have a child and she can, you know, fulfill that dream for Clive. That's my, like, secondary uh, moment. No, that's awesome because that's my, that ties into my second choice, um, which is... Which is, you know, it's kind of, I guess, twofold. It's that moment where Liv gives, you know, she gives the cure to Basio and Clive, but then, to me, it's it's the end of the season mm-hmm. when, when Liv gets out and, and is, is kind of reminded of how much of a hero and how important she is um, with after everything she's had to go through. And uh, I think that was just, again, really earned. And, and, and that definitely... I, I think it was just that... That whole like last like ten fifteen minutes of that episode was a lot was a lot of like a whole whirlwind of emotions, but that for sure was you know even uh, Peyton and Ravi have that moment where where Liv gives up the cure and it's like and, and Ravi says like um, uh, you know he's like I, I think Liv's giving you know giving up her her chance to be cured and uh, and Peyton has the line or is it I'm trying to remember read the exact line here. Uh, one second, guys. I think it's, well, it's something to the effect of, um, like, like that's, like, that's our girl, or, like, you know, like, that's who, you know, that's who she is. And, uh, and again, I think that, that made me, that made me emotional, too, because of just, yeah, that is who Liv is, and that's why we, that's why mm-hmm. we love the show, and, um, so then to have her kind of be recognized in that uh, isn't oh yeah she goes isn't that just like her is what Peyton says and uh, yeah I think to have her be recognized at the end of the episode after everything she's gone through not just this season but the past four seasons was uh, was really beautiful and uh, I loved it but your choice is great people I mean again the bo- everything from the Basio Clive wedding to the end of the episode yes exactly just like, it's just that whole yeah. like yep string of I moments. Think- yeah, right. Totally. I didn't have a second runner-up. <laughs> I didn't give good. myself enough time to think of a runner-up, so I just put what immediately caused me to cry the most, and that was Isabel. Granted, I did cry at the Basio and Babino wedding, too, because, man... That was great, but well, let's lead us through the the easy lead us through the Isabel chat. What made you? Yeah, um, it just the fact that it really hit me hard because of how Ravi was so excited to teach her driving, and he was so prepared to come in and just 
that punch right in the stomach that she's gone she was she was family to them even though we only got a small handful of episodes with her the time they spent with this character made it made it feel like they spent way more in universe time with her than we got to see and it's just one of those things that is hard to let go because she's a child who was diagnosed with such an awful thing and she could have and what she could have been for the show had they had figured out how to keep her alive and create a cure out of her but words are tough when talking about death um especially with with what happened in my my personal life with my girlfriend and one of her family members just recently passing and all the emotions that surround that um but you guys jump in please yeah 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 i uh <laughs> no, i get what you're saying you know i mean I think it was just, again, it was just how innocent Isabel was um, and how important she was to the characters and just also the acting. We're going to get to a technical point. Uh, I don't know if Raul has ever been better than he was in that final sequence. And, um, again, he with just, you know, he comes in there to the bed and he tells her, like, you know, you have to get up. Like it's not funny anymore, and I mean it's something you've seen before that kind of uh, disbelief, that denial. But he just plays it so beautifully, and it just—I mean, it just—it's a dagger to the heart. Um, and just the fact again that they—that she is this like light, this kind of beacon for them, this hope, and that you know, Liv is able to save almost everyone because of the fact that she can scratch them. And she's not able to do that for Isabel. It's it's tragic. And she's like the one person that Liv can't save. Um, and there's a tragedy in that as well. Yeah, it's just... Just again, and the, the credit to the writers and the credit to the performers because especially the acting, to me especially, is what from Raul, from Rose, and from Isabella, uh, from Isabella, that just that that's what makes that those relationships, those bonds, feel so real, and that's what makes that um, those final few moments of that episode so so impactful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with what both of you said, and I think I would just chime in and say, uh, yeah, you know, it was that. Like you said, Sean, she, you know, she eventually does just feel she is a part of the family by the end. And as you mentioned, Chris, you know, Robbie coming in and those, uh, those moments of denial, they, it, it all added up to just a, a gut punch. And I think as viewers, obviously, and again, t- just going back to how great 
the actress was and the writing was for the character. Uh, I think she was a character that we all obviously wanted to stay, and a lot of the fans probably wanted her st- wanted her to stay. And I think also, just as uh, with her increased presence around the house and everything, and sort of how she grows on you, you almost uh, forget for a second kind of how this moment might be coming, and uh, and just that it probably would be so sudden. So I think it also catches you off because. You, you, as a viewer, it's so easy to fall in love with the character and what she brings to things. So, yeah, that was definitely crazy. You know, just uh, losing her was right up there with I think losing even how one of lose how losing one of the main characters would have felt. It, yeah, agreed. Like it, it didn't, it maybe didn't have like the the quote unquote shock value of something like a like a lull. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it maybe lacked in shock, it, it made up for in just just complete heartfelt emotion um, because of how well developed Isabel was over that short period of mm-hmm. time. Uh, but uh, which uh, but speaking of shocking moments, seeing it wow, John. wow, we're going real hard on the segues today. Yeah, I mean, we got, we still got, we still got three categories to cover. So I figured any segues I can do. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, I started the last one. So, Chris. Oh. Oh wait, sure. no, Blaze. I think sure, it's Blaze's Blaze. turn. Oh, okay. Is My I... most shocking moment was the beheading of Mama Leone. Mama Leone. Um, Good choice. Yeah, I think that. So, I think for me, it was just shocking because I felt the character would be around a little longer. I always kind of thought that if she was going to go, it would obviously be for Liv to step into her shoes. So, like, it, you know, on one hand, it, it made sense for the storytelling purpose and everything. But, you know, I think I was just caught off guard because I felt like we barely got to know the character. But... Uh, already had a grasp for her impact on this new world and um, and just, you know, impact on Liv and sort of the belief in what she was doing. And uh, especially just how they set that up with the, the little boy in the first couple episodes and everything and his journey. And, uh, and I think that... I think the main thing also is just this is where we truly get to see the ruthlessness of Chase Graves this season. And I think that it this happening, I think the other reason it's so shocking is because it ha- happening in the, what was this, the fifth episode? Uh, yes, episode five. Um, so with this happening there, it sort of just solidifies the tone of the season and the fact that... Um, like, okay, this is going to be the main story, and sort of, this is the line that is being drawn for what the stakes are. Definitely. It establishes, like, how serious things are going to be this season. Yes. And how important this journey is going to be for Liv. I, I totally agree. It was, it's it's one of the, it's probably the defining moment of the season. Yeah, exactly. It Like, I think it, you know, the first four episodes are good and we just get, but they take their time and do their job of, uh, 
introducing us to this new world and how it operates. And then I think this is just where they kind of kick fully into, uh, you know, fourth gear and they're like, let's go. Totally. Agreed. And I'm about to sneeze. No, I'm not. <laughs> Thank you for announcing in, in a, such a sing-songy way. Uh, you know, Got to be on pitch, right? Always. Um, Always. <laughs> Chris? Sure. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, my most shocking moment is... Uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Live Scratch does not turn Isabel. Um, because that to me was such a unexpected, really surprising and yeah, downright shocking moment. Um, because up kind of up until then, like we knew, we sort of knew what the season was going to be about. We knew that. Um, we knew that. You know, there's the Coyotes bringing people in um, to to New Seattle to heal them, but then to have this, you know, this one girl not be able to be healed, it set uh, kind of again up up the ante a little bit for the rest of the season. Happened right in the midway point. Happened at the, I believe it happened at the end of episode six. Uh, my really fair, uh, my really fair lady, and um, and I think that it. Um, it just introduced us to this idea of like, whoa, so maybe there's somebody out there who can't be infected by the zombie virus. Are there others out there? Is this going to unlock a cure, which it ultimately did? Um, but yeah, I just was not expecting her to have. I, I was. Ex- I, I knew the character was going to be introduced, but I didn't know that that was going to be kind of what what brought us into the character and uh i remember watching it and being like oh god this is this is huge for not just the season um but for the series as a whole this is kind of a a game-changing moment and to do that during the middle of season four i thought was really surprising because that felt more like something that would be a part of a finale in a way um but yeah that that's my choice yeah that's a good choice i like that um thank you boys yeah, I think, no, I mean, I think, I mean, again, just not to, like, I don't think there's a, a whole lot more to layer on top of what you said, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that's such a, it's such a, that's such a pivotal moment of the season, and just, uh, sort of throws things for a wrench, because I think, you know, in my mind, yeah, immediately looking back, it's, uh, when it doesn't work out for them, uh, and sort of you, we make that development. It's like, oh crap! Like, where do we go from here? Like, what does this mean? Um, so yeah, nah, that's uh, I definitely am on board with that. I like that. Alrighty, Sean. My most shocking moment isn't really like shocking because of the event itself, but just sort of how it all played out. And that was the way Chase was dealt with his whole beheading and everything. Like just that sequence of events from the first watch was just interesting to watch it unfold and watch him go the way he did, which in a weird way was pretty poetic because, you know, 
And it's kind of obvious why it's poetic. He instituted this policy, and it was the one that done him in. And I honestly would have expected him to go a bunch of other ways. You know, shot in the head, mostly, by various people. Um, One of them being Blaine, shooting him in the head. Just because it's Blaine. Um, But as a way to finish off a seasoned villain, it worked. And it gave it enough shock value to resonate with me. At least on the first watch. So. No, definitely. I can say. Yeah, the, the the method with which he was killed, the fact that he's killed by his own weapon, it's poetic, but I agree with you. It's like, kind of wonder how, when we all thought he was going to die, it's um, it's one of those things where it's, you, you can't really see him kind of getting his, his, his own head crushed in it. You can't really see that being set up. And then, yeah, the way it transpires, it works, and it was really well done for sure. Um, no, good choice, man. Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, we'll go into best hero. Yeah, we probably best. Yeah, we could probably combine them: best hero and best villain. We could give them at the same time. Yeah. So, with that, my best villain was Chase, in a sense, because I mean. It was kind of more of a three-way tie between the three big bads we had this season because they all couldn't have worked by themselves, per se, and they kind of needed each other to stick around for as long as they did. (coughs) Um... And now it sort of paves the way for Blaine to take center stage for this final season. Because he was literally the only one left out of the three bads that we had this season. Yeah, um, specifically for like the best villain moment, was there like the moment, what was was that moment for you for Chase? Was it that, that he, was it when he shot uh, Fisher? Or when he killed Mama Leon? I think it's just more of an overall thing, because each of his moments that he had slowly descended him further and further into madness, which is always an interesting thing for me to see with a villain, because it always reminds me of the saying, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, for sure, and that was Chase's journey this season, was mm-hmm. was that to a team. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. I mean, he's definitely the main the main villain of this, this season, yeah. for sure. Because my favorite villains tend to be some of those characters that really do descend into madness to the point where they are the reason why they fail. Because they keep losing 
ground and just eventually break and are their own downfall in the end. I just really like poetic justice, I guess, as a concept. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely. And then what would you choose for your, your best hero moment? I kind of think, at least for my favorite hero moment, was uh, Major's entrance into Saving Liv. The fact that he needed to be punched in the face, for sure. He had that punch-in-the-face moment. And just sort of was a badass in full zombie mode. Yeah, that definitely that's actually that likes kind of that's a part of mine of my best hero moment. Oh, jump in then, Blaze. Yeah, I so, yeah I looked at it more as the like scaling a little more. I I almost look at it like everybody rescuing Liv. Um, I think just, like, that whole scene of sort of everybody piled at the, the gate, you know, of the warehouse trying to get in. Like you said, Sean, you have Major, you know, at the forefront trying to pry open that door. And um, you obviously have uh, all the resist, you know, all the resistance coyotes there, um, Peyton, Ravi, and just, like, that Major sprints in, you know, doesn't question it once he gets in. And that it's, I love that it's him leading the way. And just that, um, you know, that whole mo, and then everybody follows in, and just that leading into, um, like the soldiers not listening to Chase and sort of like not turning on the people, and obviously it leading to, um, like Chase meeting his demise from his own uh, machine and everything, and I think it just it sort of is this great moment of like the people saving Liv and showing how important she as an individual is to the supporting characters in this season. And, uh, and just, I think the general belief in what she has been doing and how right it truly is. And just that, you know, you even see by the Fillmore Graves soldiers recognizing Chase has been going over more and more overboard. And by, you know, they're not, immediately shooting everybody running in and not following his orders in those final moments. Um, I feel like it's just a, such a great moment for all those people and all those characters involved. No, I totally agree with you. That's for sure. And I, I also like how that's a, like a, that's, it's a heroic moment for major, but it's, it's, Kind of them all coming together. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's sort of for everyone. Mm -hmm. Even I would even call it a heroic moment for Liv. I mean, to you know, she's right up there on stage with Major in front of all those people for the same reasons. I mean, those two are the leaders, and they always have been in their own ways. Uh, you know, they sort of gain this trust of everybody and this belief from everybody. And I think in that moment, it really solidifies that for both of their characters. And uh, and I also think going off something you mentioned earlier Chris for me it's also more so for major but it's it's just an sort of echoing this sentiment of like these characters this season coming back to their core like these main characters i mean you you know you touched on it um with Ravi earlier and how this is sort of returned to form for him you know we you touched on it in why live was your favorite character and how this was felt like season one and like she really accomplishes something and is in the thick of it. And even for major two, just 
like Sean, what you were saying, um, like these core characters, they, I think, so this ties into sort of my secondary moment, oddly enough, um, which is the ending of Brainless in Seattle, when those four are just like having a good time dancing in the club. That's that episode, right? Yes. And I think it just comes back. I think for me, everything comes back. These two moments, they both come back to the fact that, um, and Brainless in Seattle a little more so with what I'm about to say is that they come back to the core idea of like, these are our four main characters and like, this is who they are and this is their bond. And, you know, even though they go on their, their individual paths and, um, it might put them on opposite sides of the fence sometimes that sort of nothing can can break like that this is who they are um, like as a group and as individual characters definitely and I, I think especially now that like everything's in the know for everyone and everyone's kind of like working together it allows them to be this kind of stronger group as well. Mm-hmm. And I liked, you know, I, I remember when we watched the second Brainless in Seattle episode, we sort of, I think it was you, Chris, who, I forget if you were hosting or if you just brought it up, but you sort of asked us, like, what we thought that meant, like, that scene um, to finish yeah, off yeah. the episode. And, yeah, for me, I remember, you know, for me, it always sort of stuck as just being that idea that, you know, these characters sort of have this love and protection for one another that uh, kind of will never be jeopardized. You know, even even when times are rough, they can always rely on one another. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's what I like so much about the finale, and that, you know, Liv, Liv has spent so much of her time saving other people that everyone kind of steps up and saves her. It's uh, mm-hmm. It's really nice. How about you? Uh, yeah, and then me, uh, so for... Um, I have a guess. For which one? For hero moment. Oh, yeah, I didn't say my villain moment, but I can do that after. Uh, yeah, what's my? What's your guess for hero? Um, the scene where Liv walks out to everybody um, at the end. Close. It's, uh, <sighs> it's in that same episode. It's Liv giving up the cure. Oh, uh, okay. For, for Basio and, and Clive. It's a good um, one. It, yeah, that's yeah. like my second choice. That just epitomizes who Liv Moore is to me. I mean, I've already said it a lot during this episode. I said it a lot during the finale podcast, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of selfless action is, is what Liv is about. Um, and, and that's who she is. And that's why I'll always love her and I'll always love this character. Uh, the second close choice was Liv getting to see the reactions to people being reunited mm-hmm. with their families with Levon that first time. Mm-hmm. Like when they're, um, I think, I think it's at the end of my, uh, my really fair lady. Um, another reason why I love that episode. Uh, but yeah, that, that, the, but Liv's, Liv's decision to, to, to give that up for Clive and Basio is just, it's, you know, it's why it, it just, it's such a great small moment that represents, just how big of a heart she has. And, and yeah, and I love it. And then uh, I'll do my favorite villain moment real quick, which is... <laughs> which I just love the kind of just craziness of it all, which was Blaine uh, and Donnie killing Barakas. Yo. Yeah, same one? Yeah. <laughs> I was curious if... Uh, yep. If anybody would have that. 
That's a good. That's. Yeah, that is a solid, just, solid thought, choice. I'll just. I thought it was just pure like villain Blaine. Like. Yep. Um, well, you can get. It was bet- No, no. I was just gonna say because between it was between that, for me and the. Um, oh God, I can't remember the guy's name that he. Uh, that he. Uh, turns like he turns human and eats mm-hmm, yeah. his brain. Yeah, that was no. But that one to me was like a little too much like horror aspect, mm-hmm. like too much like ooh, that's a little dark. Whereas like the Baracus one is just so ridiculous and just kind of like pure, like you said, like, pure villain blame, pure entertaining villain blame. Well, it's like um, it's, it kind of cut. It, again, it brings blame back to sort of those like street-level crime lord ways and sort of... Mo- it felt like a very mob boss thing to do to me. Like, the whole, you know, like, the whole process of it, of, like, they basically get him drunk and stuff, you know, show him a good time, yep. and then to lure him in, and then give him the cure. He throws away a cure by doing that. Um, he basically then gets Baracus's hopes up and excited about being human again, and murders him all while being... You know, all while videotaping it and all to gain profit <laughs> off of. It's just and like... While and while wearing the mask and, like, tricking him, thinking yep. it's, in, it's in some, like, eyes wide shut sex party type mm-hmm. thing. Like, I... Yeah, it's... It's just, like, it's... so thought out, you know, from a villain mm-hmm. perspective. And so... Down to the detail of, like, how it was going to be executed, it just felt like such a Blaine move. Um, like, his evil roots. So I was... I mean, in a way, I like it because... It Again, I want him to get back to doing that type of stuff, especially entering this final season. But to me, that was just the standout. Uh, I don't know. It's just like no, a dark I, moment. I agree. Just also for... Baracus was like... I mean, he's always been a, a side character, but an important one. And mm-hmm. for how it, how it shook things up, too. Like, Peyton's now the acting mayor. Um, you know, it caused Bazio to, to investigate it, people to realize that there might be another cure out there. I'm at, I don't think we're done with seeing the ramifications of it, even, to uh, heading into Season 5, which is why it's another uh, another important moment, I think, um, <clears throat> as well. But, uh, but yeah, that's funny that we both chose that. <laughs> um, awesome, yeah. And then, uh, and, uh, and Sean, you already got, you got both yours mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. Indeed, sir. Indeed. Perfect. I thought you did. I just wanted to make sure. Um, then if you want me to jump in here, I can jump in with some listener feedback that we have. By all means, take it away, Chris. So, um, we have an email, um, some of uh, two of these are more strictly about the finale, and then we have um, from our from one of our favorite listeners, Maddie. What's up, Maddie? Thank you for always responding to us and and tweeting at us. Uh, we uh, we have a she has like an, a longer email, which I'll kind of um, I'll kind of go through quickly. But she has some really fun predictions that I want us all to to, to talk about. Um, but this is from uh, Lady Timiv. Uh, Who's uh, he's written to us before, and uh, just said, not really surprised that Chase went down, but love seeing Liv pulling the lever. Ron, Vivian, Chase are all smart asses, and they're all dead. 
is Angus really dead, or can you smell something like a zombie messiah, like zombies turning his death into a messiah, Angus dying for their sins? So, like, maybe the the idea that he's, like, a martyr now, I think, uh, and that the church isn't done. My only thing with that is I think his whole congregation kind of died with him. Yeah. So, yeah, I still stand behind, like, that... If there are, is anybody left that, you know, we'll see that through Blaine. Yeah. And like him taking advantage of their belief. Like, I think that Angus is gone for good because I think it sets up that any survivors left will essentially and unfortunately be turned into like Blaine's lackeys um, and manipulated into evil doings. Definitely. Um, and then uh, the, uh, Lady Timmons' other email just kind of talks about the idea of um, Rob Thomas ending this season for, like, how he ended it for a reason, um, and how it, you know, in a way, such a way to give fans closure, so in such a way that you want to finish the season to give fans closure, you might want to tie up a few, uh, tie a few things up. Um, and, and that this idea that the, the 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 show, you know, there was no guarantee for it to come back to season five. Do you guys think that the season four finale had that kind of series finale quality to it in some ways? I I, I think it did. It yeah. I can see it. I think again. I mean, I stand. I think that it again. It was one of those finales that if it were the end, it would have been perfectly satisfying. Um. And I would have been happy with where everything left off, but, you know, they smartly sort of leave, I don't know, leave open the door for more to happen. But I think that they sort of brought the characters back to where everybody wanted them to be and where they should be. And, uh, you know, it would have come back to all the core themes that the show initially presented and been a good send-off if it was the unfortunate end to the show yeah I, I i'd agree with that i think my only thing where i would have been unsatisfied and i think a lot of people might have been was with the live major relationship and where mm-hmm. that gets left off it makes sense for where it ends in the finale um but yeah i think that would have been the only thing where people went like well we spent all this time with them and this back and forth and they end on just this kind of cold terms like these kind of undefined terms um but otherwise, I, I agree with you. It would have been uh, it's a it's a really strong way to close it out. Um, Sean, do you do you agree or or did you think it was? Do you think there was other kind of open open ended things? I think it it's it as a finale. It could have gone both ways. Um, leaving enough open for a future season while tying up almost every little detail we needed other than, you know, zombies being cured or exterminated. You know, that was always, if that's how they're going to end the series, then so be it. Leave it open-ended and do whatever. But they, I'm just glad we get more time for them to figure this out. You know? Yeah, and that they can write to the ending. They know it's the ending, and 
Yeah. I'm re- I'm really excited for what this final season is going to hold because some of my when when you have a final season laid out, I mean, I think it's and you know what it that it is. I think you can really craft a great one. And I mean, like we we've mentioned Chuck on here before. I think the final season of Chuck's really strong. Um, I like the final season of Fringe a lot. They knew that it was the end, so yeah, there's definitely uh, there's definitely a precedent for this where shows going in, they know it. Um, the final season of The Americans was just ended, which was another ah damn, I missed that show already. But anyway, that's a different podcast, and we're already we're already going a good length here now. So I'm gonna dive in. And just kind of paraphrase some of the points here that Maddie brings up. Thanks again, Maddie, for for typing all this out. Um, and she, uh, to anyone who wants to follow her, she's at Lives More on Twitter. A uh, lot of a lot of good eyes zombie content from her there. Um, so she says overall, I think season four was great, but it also seemed that the writers were a bit lost with the new direction the show took. Some of the things didn't translate the way they probably intended to particularly the brother love and Fillmore Graves storylines. She mentions about how Angus didn't really keep her attention. Um, and that, uh, and that, uh, hold on here. And that this idea that, um, with Fillmore Graves, that what she thinks the writers wanted people to do was to question, uh, have the, have characters question their morality Hog zombies kind of been very black and white with things in the past that make the 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 morals of the Fillmore Graves be a little more grayish and complex. Uh, just with those t- two points there, do you guys? I think we're. I think that's something, especially with the Angus stuff that we all agree and kind of echo with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I like this idea. I think the morality this season was definitely more gray because of the whole refugee comparisons to what's going on in the real world today kind of real-world politics comparisons to it. Um, I like that the show was ambitious and making it more complex. Uh, and I, I think it I think it did work for the most part, um, because we even said on here where we, where we understood where Chase Graves was uh, coming from until he proved to just be a giant dick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but speaking of Chase Graves... Um, Maddie says what did work about that uh, Fillmore Graves storyline was his descent into madness. Um, and then the she touches upon the live and leave on relationship and how uh, it didn't, uh, that people didn't like it. She thinks people didn't like it much because Levon didn't have a lot of character development. She suggests that maybe if they introduced him earlier and we saw more of the connection between them, uh, between the two of them, people would have been invested in him like they were with Lowell, Drake, or Justin. Plus, it almost seemed like the guy had zero flaws, and there was basically no drama between them other than when he called her out for trying to get in his pants while on Playboy Brain. Um, and uh, she she says though that she ended up liking it by the end, especially because Leva, um, because she had to sacrifice her only chance of being human. Uh, and because his last words had a bigger meaning, given that Fillmore Graves now has a chance to help humans and zombies get along with the help of the Renegade crew. That's a really good point that uh, I think Maddie brings up, though, about Levon, right? Because that was kind of, he was kind of dull in that way, where he didn't have any flaws. I would... Uh, so, yeah. I, I agree. I think I would argue, though, is that no matter what this season, like, he was just there to serve a purpose... Mm-hmm. Like, if you sort of remove him 
if you remove his character having any relationship with Liv, you know, it doesn't, I don't think it um, changes the story at all for me or the impact of it. I think that at the end of the day, uh, he was there to essentially be a lead, I agree, be a lead with what she said, of being a lead up to the inevitability of like Clive and Basio and giving away the cure and everything. And, um, and how, you know, it's again, Liv is sort of left in this, her, uh, boyfriend died, loveless place. And so that's, you know, it's that, it might be a, a factor in that motivation of seeing what, uh, chance Clive and Basio have, um, that she no longer does. So, uh, I think that he served his purpose well. I don't, f- I mean, it's, did he deserve to die? No. Uh, he was a, good side character, good heroic character with uh, good intentions, but, um, I didn't mind, I didn't, for everything I think that we got out of the main characters, I was happy that, um, I didn't feel like his time was intruding on that, or taking away from it. No, definitely, I, uh, and Sean, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, I just am curious if, if he had been developed sort of maybe more like a lull. Like, because Lowell's death is still one of those, like, oh my god, kind of sad moments for a lot of viewers. Um, whereas Levon, like, I was bummed for Liv. But I, I don't feel his absence. I mean, Sean, do you think there's another way that could have gone around with it? I, I agree with your point, though, Blaze. Like, he was more of a plot device, plot yes. device kind of more than a character. Um, but do you think there could have been a way where they could have developed him better, Sean? Honestly, with how much time they had, not really, because there was a lot going on in these episodes, and he was unfortunately one of those characters we had to do literally nothing with because of just how jammed everything was. Not to say that it's bad that everything was jam-packed as it was. It kept things interesting, it kept things moving, and we got from A to B without really any fluff. Um, And I feel like while he was used as a plot device, that's really the only thing I could have seen him as. Because Lowell and Drake were, were great, and they were during times where there wasn't as much craziness going on. It was still pretty crazy, but the show was still trying to get its feet going. Yeah, the show wasn't kind of rewriting the status quo like it did this year. Right. And even to that extent, Justin from season three, he's, mind you, he's still alive, but he there wasn't a crazy amount of status quo changes with even with season three. So given, given what I just said, we needed more episodes if we wanted more leap on and the show really didn't need more episodes other than, to give characters more moments, I guess. 
No, yeah, you bring up. I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, we've kind of said that this shit, that this season kind of was ambitious and and bit off a little more than it could maybe chew sometimes. And I agree that if we wanted Levon developed more, something else would have had a kind of bite the bullet. Um, which I think you maybe could have done with the brother love arc. <laughs> I mean, wasn't going to point fingers, but I mean, I'll I'll be the one who says it, but. Uh, but really quickly, because we are kind of heading, I think, into a late time here on the East Coast as we record this, and uh, because we're making this a longer episode, I want to go through some of Maddie's predictions and kind of just get your guys' quick, like, snapshot, yes or no, if we think these things might happen kind of thing. So this will be kind of like a lightning round type of deal here. You guys ready? Sure. Okay. Uh, so potentially she thinks General Mills, who was mentioned as the guy who wanted to nuke us, or New Gus, New, New, New Seattle. <laughs> oh, good um, lord. Will be the big bad or the smaller big bad for next season. Um, and he will have a second in command, none other, none other than uh, being named Captain Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do we think? Yes, yes no, or maybe? Yes to Captain Crunch. Okay, please. Maybe. Okay. Um, Mr. Boss comes back, and Peyton finally gets to put the man in jail for all the things he's put her through. Yes, no, maybe. Ooh. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Yep, right? I, it's a yes for me. I think that's Yeah, I think that's a yes. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's, I think if he wasn't in this season, it would be a no, but the fact that he was makes it a yes. Yep. Agreed. And like you said, Chris, sort of the, um, we, you don't think we're done with, like, her story of being, like, temporary mayor and everything. Yeah, and I'd like to see Peyton have to deal with, like, her responsibilities as mayor. And, and that, versus... could that be something that's a little... No, yeah, go ahead. No, no, I just... And that she has to kind of put this, like, personal vendetta aside, maybe, but can mm-hmm. she? And, yeah. Um, could be fun. Sean, do you think that happens? Yes, no, maybe? Yes. Okay. The tensions between humans and zombies will rise. We'll see more extremists from both sides, and it won't be good. Yes, no, or maybe? Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, the, the, with the uprising and everything, there's just... It's, I, I think I it's, think it'll be smaller sects. Yes. Smaller sects of people. Like, it won't be... I could see it being... I think we'll get a more, like, more um, of a look into the side of things we saw with... Uh, whatever that kid's name was, you know, from the early episodes and how, like, they have to go, like, um, the film where Grace people have to go get the phone and they, like, go into that anti-zombie bar. I think it'll be little things like that. Okay. No, totally, totally. Um, Clyde gets a promotion and becomes the new lieutenant. Uh, no. Okay. No. Okay. I'm not sure about that, but I think we're going to agree, agree about this next Clive one. Um, Clive and Fazio pa- will get pregnant. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ravi and Peyton will get engaged and will see their marriage by the end of the show. Yes or no? Maybe. Yes to engage, maybe to marriage. Agreed with you there, Blaze. Uh, Liv and Major become friends again and they end up flying away from New Seattle after everyone is cured, possibly to the Mediterranean since Liv mentioned Barcelona. Maybe, but unlikely. Okay. 
I could see it, but I think at the end of the day, I'll go back to my sentiment of like, I don't know, it wouldn't be for good. Like if they did leave, it would be more of a like, we need a break. Um, like, you know, let's go on vacation. But um, at the end of the day, I think I could also see them together again, sitting on the couch next to Peyton and Robbie, you know, even Bozzy and Clive there and sort of like the show just going out with them like having a drink together or something. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I think they're going to end up together, but maybe not leave. Yes. Um, just just a few more quick ones here. Uh, Blaine will, uh, Donnie will, Donnie will be killed at some point during the final season, and Blaine will die at the hands of Liv. No to Donnie, but yes to Blaine. Same. Um... I'm going to say yes to both. Actually, I don't know. The show likes Donnie too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm with you guys. And because and because at the end of the day, his character I mean, is always manipulated by Blaine. Yeah, but he's a bad dude. Yeah, but... Yeah, I know, I know. Um, here's a fun one. Johnny Frost gets, ac- gets accused of sexual harassment again, in one, or gets accused again in one of the cases... Because he just cannot keep it in his pants. Yeah. (laughs) Of course. A hundred percent. Seriously, why not? The wall surrounding New Seattle will be destroyed. Yeah. 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 I I agree. I I like that idea. At least by the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, these are all at least by the end of the season, these, these predictions. Yeah. Um... Robbie finds a cure by the end of the show. Liv will have to decide if she takes it or not. I think that's a big yes from all of us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then these last two are fun. I like this one a lot. Kristen Bell will finally make a real guest starring appearance since The Good Place will probably have wrapped filming fairly soon. Uh, I, I, I want it to happen, but I don't think it will happen. Yeah. I would love for it to happen. Mm-hmm. But... Uh... If he, I mean, if you're going to do all these Veronica Mars cameos, you do save the best for last. But She just pops up at the end and goes, hey guys, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd even be cool with it if it was like what Rachel Bloom did, where she was in like a like a one long scene or extended sequence at the beginning of the episode. But we'll see. I'm going to say maybe. Dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'll, I'll say maybe to that. If she, if she has to shoot like one scene, I'd say yes, so I'll say maybe. And then lastly, um, Ava, Evan, and Liv, so Liv's brother and mom, will reunite with her in a very heartwarming moment in the finale. We find out that they escaped from Seattle at the end of season three. No. Do you think? Mm, no. Okay. So, fun fact, by the way, which we didn't bring up uh, with this episode, is Rob Thomas actually talked about them coming back. And originally in season four, they were going to come back in season four as zombies. Like there oh, was a scene, huh. there's a there's a scene cut from the premiere. Yeah, that's well, what maybe. Guys, I I I I write up the notes usually for like new stuff, and I forgot to mention that because I knew this was going to be a longer episode anyway. But yeah, it's a TV line article if you want to seek it out. Um, and he says that ultimately they just had to cut it. Um, but yeah, he says that he would like to potentially see them in the final season, but that they may not be zombies now. So, Maddie's point that then I would say like the... maybe to yes. Yeah, yes. maybe. I feel, like, 
I feel like we need a scene. We need some closure there. But um because I, I just it's just really sad how it ended for Liv. And while Liv has a family with her friends, I feel like she she does need that. Um but that is it for the predictions. And Maddie, thank you so much again for the email. That was a great email and we had really fun a uh, really fun time talking about those. And uh, without further ado, Sean, I'm going to toss it over to you because I kind of t- t- took the reins there, but it is is your time to finish up the show, my friend. Okay, so I we usually do this with plugs, so we'll just start with the plugs. Blaze? <laughs> Can you hear your roommate in the back? <laughs> is he, he's still screaming at Fortnite. Everyone, uh, he's yelling at Fortnite. Blaze, uh, <laughs> start us off with me, the plugs. You can find me at Blaze Hopkins on Twitter. Um, just around. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully getting into some more stuff soon now that uh, kind of light, schedule's lightening up. And uh, definitely next month, you know, at San Diego Comic Con, I will be all over pictures and probably covering some stuff that uh, I find interesting out there. But uh, getting geared up for that, you can, uh, you know, feel free to hit me up about Fortnite. I'm a lot chiller about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And Chris, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, you guys can find me uh, always on Twitter at ckinger13. Um... I have a potentially cool announcement coming, so be on the lookout for that. Can't say anything until uh, some paperwork goes through. And, uh, yeah, and like Blaze said, I'll be out in San Diego Comic-Con as well with him, hopefully talking to the iZombie cast again. So, uh, yeah, be on the lookout for any and all kind of coverage from us uh, on there. And just, uh, as always, guys, thanks so much for the support this season. Uh, We really appreciate it, and to uh, to everyone who wrote in too. Thanks again. Yeah. And you guys can find me on pretty much every platform imaginable at Snarky Sean, uh, including Xbox Live. If you really do want to play Fortnite with me, I I'm not good. I'm not good at all. So don't expect anything out of me. Um, and there's not really much going on with me. Uh, got my normal assortment of podcasts, but I'm probably going to be at San Diego Comic-Con for like a day, maybe a day and a half. Still working that out uh, specifically for iZombie. And just so I could see these two dudes because I haven't seen them in a year and I miss them. It was fun times last year. Partying it up and not really partying it up, but you know. (laughs) Waiting, waiting, Waiting in lines for parties. Yeah, and then being sorely disappointed at said party. Um, yeah, there's a lot of shenanigans that happened last year. <laughs> but as usual, you can find this podcast on Twitter at iZombie Radio or on Facebook. It's just search iZombie Radio uh, or our website, iZombieRadio.com where we post the latest episodes that we do. Oh, and sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt you, Sean. I just wanted to make sure we got uh, mentioned to the listeners that 
we're probably now with hiatus going to take a like not a mini hiatus ourselves, but uh, probably going to do a like a once every two week schedule. Um, yeah, and and at, at least once every two week schedule, um, and uh, we'll keep you guys updated on that. But yeah, so the podcast will be up a little uh, more infrequently than it has because there's no new season to talk about. Um, but with San Diego Comic Con next month, we'll be getting into that, and we're looking to kind of go back into the to the iZombie comic uh, as well. We've got uh, 24 more issues of that to get through, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to jump in there. I just wanted to make sure I was like, I realized I forgot to mention that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, granted, this episode's probably going to go up later than usual because I'm going out of town this weekend. Um, so it'll it, we'll we'll post it on social media when we're when we're have an episode out, you know. So just keep an eye out on the Facebooks and the Twitters and all of that for anything from us really um but you can always email us at izombieradio at gmail.com as well please 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 rate and review the show on itunes or your choice of podcast hoster thingamajigs um because we're on most of them i think I'm not going to list them all off because there's just too many. Um, but every little bit of feedback helps us out and helps us improve the show. I know we only got one more season of this show, but we want to make this the best possible show we can for you guys because we love quality and we're pretty sure you guys do too. So with that, we'll see you when we see you. Bye-bye. <laughs>